to the ether today is monday june 27th 2022 today on the ether the jackal ama and development discussion let's take a listen good evening if you guys want to request to come up just feel free mr merson mr b emory how are you i'm doing pretty well this morning how are you good i suppose it's afternoon now i think i guess so i guess so yes sir if anyone wants to come up, just feel free to ask. I think no one really knows who I am. So, <laughs> hey everyone, uh, my name is B. I'm one of the new developers with the team, uh, one of the contract devs, and uh, you will be seeing a lot more of me in the future. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, please shoot. And just so everyone knows, there's a lot of background noise here. Um, is anyone else yeah, hearing that? I think it's B smashing on his keyboard. <laughs> um, we also have Nick Winter, who is our lead economist. We also have Marcin, who is the co-founder. It's Patrick right now speaking through Jackal. Can you guys hear me at all? Yes, sir. Perfect. So I guess it would be a good time to kind of share what's happening right now. Um, we're, we're scaling up the team. We have a target. We're hopefully looking to launch in early August. Um, we're also going to be at the Blockchain Futures Conference in Toronto. If we have any Canadians listening right now, I don't want to stop by. Uh, we also have a promo code for that if anyone wants, I think it's 25% off if I remember correctly. Um, other than that, anyone feel free to come up. What's up, Marty? How are you doing down there? Um, other than that, uh, just feel free to ask any questions. Where we are right now kind of in development. Marcy, if you want to give a development update of kind of what's going on, what we're trying to finalize as we continue on this journey to create self-custodial data storage. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as the front end goes, I mean, we've showed off at the conference in Austin, our new front end, and we're picking away at that, making sure everything that was working in our alpha testing is brought up to speed on our new interface, as well as um, bringing stuff that has been done on the contract forever, but has never seen an interface yet. Uh, we're bringing that to the front end so that at any point, all of our features are available from the front end. And then from the back end of things, we are making really good strides with um, integrating our cold storage layer into our nodes, uh, making sure that all the communication between them is as seamless as possible, as well as um, our chain development um, to make sure that all of our miners are incentivized. That is coming along very, very nicely. We're at a stage right now where we are handling all of our payment gateways. So um, something that's really interesting is you'll be able to pay with a bunch of IBC tokens um, Right at the beginning, we're just accepting uh, Jackal. Um, I think it was USDC as well as um, Atom. So we're hoping to give a little bit of utility back to the uh, Cosmos hub. And uh, all that will be done through our relayers that we're going to be setting up on the actual blockchain. And uh, you'll be able to pay with those. And we're, we've got a really good system to avoid oracles because of all the Oracle hacks that have been happening so we can keep things at a really nice constant price for you guys so you're not playing with all these specs in one week you're paying ten dollars the next week you're paying twenty just because the token doubled. So yeah. Um if you guys have any questions, of course please let us know and I'd be happy to answer any more technical questions. Yeah, I definitely there's a little bit of a setback because we were planning on taking USD as payment originally. Uh Emory, if you want to kind of talk 
of how we're looking to integrate that a little bit differently now. Uh, we, we started, the, the initial plan was to take UST as payment as a stable, but I believe we're moving to USDC now, which is going to be a little bit of a change, but I don't think it's too much of a setback at this time. It really shouldn't be. Uh, liquidity that is uh, there in the IBC for USDC, I think is I think is sufficient. So we really shouldn't run into any snags uh, taking that stable coin and um, seeing that it's uh, rather collateralized uh, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't feel uh, any issues with um taking it from the ibc nor the actual uh, call itself hey marty what's going on man hey guys. congratulations on the big promotion to secret network biz dev all of a sudden that was awesome hey thank you i really really appreciate that uh, i hope to uh provide some real uh, value to the ecosystem and help it along uh, I was curious, uh, is the audit, are, are the audits all done? Because um, I know that was uh, something you guys were dealing with, like last time you gave updates, did that all, that all went well and, and set? Yeah, so audits won't be done until we finish. So like they've, they've kind of started to kind of scope the whole situation, but until we have the entire chain done and all the modules completed, we don't want to do a second audit before launch. So we're kind of slow rolling that until everything is up and ready to go. So we're looking at a launch date, a soft launch date. We're hoping, fingers crossed, around August 7th. Um, but that's also pending how quickly they can get that audit back to us. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I didn't even think about needing the blockchain to be completely done. Um, I've heard like uh, the audits can be a real pain to get them when you want them to. Uh, do you guys like worry about that uh, too much? or? I, I don't think be as much of a problem now i've actually noticed the costs of audits have gone down since the explosion of uh all of us being down bad all of a sudden so, yeah. so uh it actually might play a little bit in our favor but uh it, it seems like a lot of auditing firms all, all of a sudden has all this availability so i don't think it should be too big of an issue fantastic all right thank you yeah man so 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 um if anyone has any other questions feel free to come up uh chat I guess we can kind of continue down the uh, line of yeah what's up marty uh so in terms of setting up having like a light node ready i plan to uh, run a light node um when should that like when should we plan if we're planning on running one like when should we like realistically like okay be ready to, to hit the ground running like with all the equipment and stuff like if if the launch goes well and uh like you said like august yeah, Marcin, if you want to talk about that, I know Aaron's not here and he's the front end integrations guy. But uh, what I do know is we do need everyone online before the ch before everything launches. So it'll probably be the week before we start to get everyone up. Uh, we start testing, make sure everything's stable. And then we uh, click go and Skynet, I guess, <laughs> as soon as we, we figure all that stuff out. Yeah, um, we're definitely um, a little bit closer to the date. We're going to have a better, like, you know, set deadline but um as far as somebody running a node goes we would really like nodes up and running before we actually get much done so that'll be like probably right when august starts having everything ready to go by then um but your worst case is you come in a week after launch and you start supporting the network a week after launch which is always a big help regardless um I just know you'll be missing out on like a week of inflation, but. Cool, awesome. Thanks again. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for uh, your interest in running that node because it's going to help us a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I feel like a lot of people uh, are just kind of uh, the ones that are, aren't exactly, you know, the ones who spam when and stuff. So it's kind of hard to see them, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, thanks. I think Sandy keeps on trying to get up, but he's having some technical difficulties. Um, what do you guys think? Um, well, let's let's kind of take a little bit of a, a maxi talk here. What do you guys think about Marcin? I'm actually curious about your opinion on interchain security and all that stuff coming down the pipe. Um, I'm I'm big on interchain security. Uh, I really really like the Avalanche ecosystem, and I think it's got a lot of good infrastructure but not as many good projects as cosmos does and i think interchange security is getting us closer to the infrastructure of avalanche and their like 
it's it's less segregated per network. I, I really like the idea of having that shared security between chains and making the integration between the cosmos a little bit stronger. Um, so I only see good things coming from it for sure. Can you speak uh, for a few seconds, Marcin, on how interchain security uh, the Jackal protocol on the IPC? Yeah, so um, something that's really, really nice about the Jackal chain is because it's mostly um, standard Cosmos chain. We've made a few custom modules and everything, but um, there's nothing in it that will absolutely destroy the way that the tendermint process is running. Uh, so it makes it easier for a validator, say, like validating on Juno or when Archway gets started. Um, they'll be able to use that shared security between our chains. And so it won't cost as much for a validator to run uh, their validator because they can handle multiple chain security at the same time, run that same consensus layer, as well as um, with more users. Like if we took all the decentralization from Juno, Archway, Cosmos Hub, and we use that to you know, support our Jackal ecosystem, then the Jackal chain itself is more decentralized and more secure in general, which is uh, definitely a plus for everyone that has their tokens over on the Jackal chain. Yeah, that's 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 super interesting. Um, so, can I, I guess this is just a Marston knowledge dump all the way from our questions. <laughs> but uh, can you talk about our our, our plans to uh, and the possible ARP opportunity that we're going to have with a swap so we can avoid the Oracle? I think it would be a good time to kind of flesh that out and explain that a little bit. For sure. Yeah, it's purpose. So, um... We've been battling a lot with making sure that the consumer of Jackal storage is not absolutely bombarded with random fees, um, especially with people not wanting to pay with speculative tokens. Like if I drop, you know, 0.1 Bitcoin or something on a product and the next week Bitcoin moons, I'll be mighty disappointed. So we're trying to have a pretty constant system of being able to pay for our services and that's why we take stables but we also wanted to add that extra buy pressure onto our token um, so that token holders have more incentive to hold that token and uh, that made us want to accept jackal in payment but because it's a speculative token we don't want to just set like this costs five jackal this costs six jackal um, so we wanted to say like this costs X dollars of Jackal, and that means we need to have some sort of way to track the price of our token. And um, our first thought was obviously, hey, well, there's oracles that track all the prices. We could just you know hook ourselves into CoinGecko. But um, I don't know how many of you follow Rect News, but pretty much every single time an AMM or swap or anything is attacked. Um, it's either through oracles or through some sort of busted lending system. And so we're trying to avoid both of the, both of those things. And our, our idea is to create a swap that allows us to swap between Jackal and whatever payment option we're accepting. So our first two are a Jackal to Atom swap and a Jackal to USDC swap. Um, we've been going back and forth on a few different ways of doing this, but our, our main idea is that at any given point, if we provide this arbitrage opportunity for people to get maybe a better deal on USDC by swapping Jackal across Osmosis and our chain, then uh, eventually they will level out to be even with pools like Osmosis, which gives us a very, very accurate price reading for our token as well as the price of Atom which lets us accept them as payment without needing to deal with any downtime on oracles or any um, issues with IBC communication through osmosis. So we can guarantee that we have a really robust system to accept all, all the payment options we want. And uh, this isn't gonna be like a fully fledged osmosis competitor by any means. Um, but it is going to be a way that 
we can provide a couple extra arbitrage opportunities for uh, the <laughs> the DGen crypto traders, as well as uh, make a really secure way to track price for people that just want an easy onboarding process of X dollars coming out of their account. Um, so it's super spicy arb opportunity, basically. <laughs> and if you liquidity provide, you of course do get um, pretty much all the swap fees from our chain, since we're not trying to make any money off of our um, swap since it's just to build a system so that we can swap like we need an accurate swap on our chain and uh, so we're kind of just opening that up as a place where you can go and put some liquidity and you know go nuts with it without having to deal with uh, any sort of external rewards or anything that um can be up and down. It's a pretty cut and dry system that we'll have more information about. So go nuts when we get that. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for that. Um, just to sum up a few points, um, we, as Martin said, uh, will be uh, considering that Adam payment or for the Jackal product. Uh, one reason we chose Atom is because we are heavily embedded in the IBC and we want to show that. And I don't know of any better that than uh, taking payment in the, in the native token of the IBC. So um, Atom is really important to us in the IBC and we want to make sure that um, we show support for the, for the uh, protocols that were, that were on. So that Atom, Jackal and U.S will be at first the three primary way you pay for the Jackal product. Yeah, another cool thing, and everyone's probably asking the value capture for the secret network as well. Um, so how do we wrap privacy while being in the IBC? So essentially our entire smart contract leveraging the file trees and permissions and all of those wonderful things that will make this system awesome. Um, currently that sits on the secret network. So when you use Jackal, you will still need secret for gas. I guess that's probably a question that Marty's gonna ask next. But um, yeah, no, we're excited for building this product. We're excited for everything is going. And uh, Marty, do you have a question? Uh, yeah, you guys mentioned like uh, those two concerns. Are you at, like now that you have to do US, uh, USDC instead of uh, USD as planned? Are you all like concerned at you know bridge hacks and their prevalence? And now that like Osmosis is using Axelar and uh, Axelar is growing bigger and bigger, uh, or just like the fact that you have to use a non-native asset or a wrapped asset in the first place? Are you all worried about that? Or um, maybe if like DYDX is actually going to get Circle to, to make native USDC on the Cosmos? Yeah, well, it's kind of the hand we're dealt, right? So we, yeah. we don't really have that many stable options, but we still need to take a stable as payment because if we want Jackal, we, we need people to build on Jackal to use a lot of terabytes because that's how we feed this machine, right? But when you're looking to start a business on another chain, and kind of be build out that application layer on top of Jackal that's leveraging it for storage, you need a stable to make informed business decisions. And that was kind of the big reason why we want to take a stable as payment for people that are looking to be white labelers or web 2.5 bridges or build things like applications. Uh, it could be altered using email. It could be all kinds of different use cases that are on the chain. Or even if you own an NFT marketplace and you want to figure out, okay, how much is it going to cost me every month for storage? Because that's a, a similar situation that you get from using like an Amazon, Microsoft, Alibaba cloud, those usual suspects there. The, the other thing, um, when we start to talk about trying to be like the, the goal of Jackal is to onboard people into um, blockchain, right? And we think a great way for that is integrations with workplaces for using um, Jackal is a storage layer to leverage the higher security posture, the digital privacy posture, also the price point, right? And kind of when you look back through history of, of mass adoption into technology, it almost always starts in the workplace if you look at it that way. Like every, mm. let's, let's take it all, all the way back to computers, right? Computers, there are these massive machines that were super expensive and you started using it at work and then you're like, hey, this is actually cool. Maybe I want to use it at home. So we see that as a really great onboarding experience for our protocol in general. And also making great partners that are going to kind of be a little bit more compliant, act as that Web 2.5 bridge for us. Um, they really need a stable payment option so that they can maintain um, 
make informed business decisions basically there and also kind of provide an experience which is almost white gloved to these businesses that are not really comfortable with crypto so we're kind of working out ways for um getting kind of mass amount of people onto the protocol where it's, it's almost they wouldn't even realize they're using a blockchain product at all right and i imagine you want the the the, the stable that is least likely to get smacked down by the regulation bat so it's like usdc or i guess like i don't know gemini usdc uh dc or something like that so like yeah. you wouldn't use you'd even consider tether or something like that right but we, we would consider tether if there was a lot of liquidity with tether right so we'll take anything anything that we have an option for but right okay. now the most liquidity right now in ibc is usdc uh, for better or for worse but i'm curious um like i guess the the we're canadian a lot of us are canadians i know emory and, and aaron are both in the united states but i'm curious what's going to happen in september when your election cycle comes around and see how that works because if if stable i think they're going to start with stables i truly uh, believe oh, that yeah, yeah and, yeah, and yeah. if you start with stables if they make it into a money market and then it can be a competitive kind of marketplace for stable currencies and if it acts as a money market we could see a ton of liquidity arrive overnight because it's just better tech stack for international payments i know my um, trying to get stuff. Even a lot of my guys take uh, stables as payment, particularly when we're across borders as well, right? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how that's going to work. But anything that has liquidity and if people want to pay in it, we're going to do our best to make sure that we can accept it as payment 100%. Okay, awesome. So you're not really, I mean, you are waiting to see obviously what happens with, with, with uh, the elections and, and regulation, of course, but you're not willing to just be, to play it safe to, you know, uh, uh, just like USDC or any kind of thing. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's it's a liquidity fight, right? And mm-hmm. if it, if it has more liquidity, we're willing to take it. Um, and if people want to, if you have any suggestions of other things you'd want to pay in, we'd totally be open to it. And if we see a lot of liquidity coming that way, we'd we'd add it to the swap function, and then that way we can use it as instead of leveraging an oracle. It, it's the reason why we're going this route, because um, technically we could use an Oracle and take all kinds of things as payment. It's a little bit more technically intensive to integrate all kinds of different swaps in because every time we want to take a new payment option, we have to integrate it into the swap. Um, but we would rather stay on the side of caution and security um, for the protocol as a whole. So 100%, it would just be a little bit slower of an onboarding process. But if you want to pay in with it, we'll definitely take it. Yeah, I imagine like the corporations, enterprises, they'd much rather uh, just pay with a stable, just so they're not left like some like grant requests where or the UST like uh, builder uh, builders who like got left with treasuries being worth cents because they took it in like uh, Luna or or whatever or secret grants and secrets all of a sudden worth nothing and and all of a sudden your grant proposal is worth not enough. Uh, so I imagine like enterprises just would go for the stables uh pretty yeah. much 100 of the time absolutely it's like trying to pay for a product with stock options basically right like, yeah okay, here's, here's all this here's this equity i'm gonna pay you this much google for this much storage because so like okay i guess so but we're, we're willing to take we want to take out 100 uh, we also want to take jack as a made of payment they want to but the more speculative assets that people want to invest and kind of hold rather than use as a medium of payment for things usually Okay, cool. I'm going to shut up for a little bit, see if anybody else has a question. Yeah, if anyone wants to come up and chat, ask any questions, uh, feel free. In the meantime, Aaron, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Just throw you on the spot. Oh, I don't know. I feel like an idiot, though. It took me three tries to get into this space with the right log. Uh, whoops. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to getting uh, projects out the door and getting these integrations set up because once we get the information along the lines of how to start integrating uh, your own personal projects into the Jackal ecosystem using our SDK, I'm anticipating it's going to be a little bit of a slow start because it's, it's going to be fairly technical. It's, it's not going to be just drag and drop and call it good. But there is definitely going to be a fairly easy onboarding process i feel where people be able to just jump in add the sdk to their project get a little bit of a feel for it and then start building using you know jackal storage as their back end so i'm really excited to see what kind of exciting things are uh our populace create uh as we go along here 
Um, that's, that's probably what's got me the most excited. Um, other than that, it's mostly just a bunch of getting all the pieces to work and everything to talk nicely to each other. Yeah, speaking of integrations, I know in early, early days, uh, we haven't really touched on this again, uh, abilities to like, call contracts, smart contracts, have, having their own account. I know we're probably not there yet, but is that something that's still possible, Marston? Aaron as well? If you want to oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's doable. We're integrated with the secret network for all of our um, file tree structure. If you build a smart contract on the secret network, you can A, make your smart contract have its own Jackal account, which is really cool. And uh, secondly, you can um, control all of the file tree structure from the smart contract as well. So uh, giving somebody the access to view a file can be done through your own smart contract, which makes it really cool for like NFT applications where if somebody buys an NFT, they can suddenly now have access to view the file through Jackal instead of before, which is like, if you buy an NFT, you're given the link to the NFT. Even if you have a secret NFT, you still get that public link. Uh, and then when you sell that NFT, you can just kind of hold on to that link and never get rid of that link as long as you've copied it down and always be able to see it. Of course, you can save that image, but if it's something like a access to stream a video or music, uh, it might be a little bit harder to save that file on an integrated device like a phone. So this way you can actually have control over what people are seeing through those links, which is a really interesting application. Would that be through file client encryption that you guys are doing to the hot layer or a different? Uh, it would be no, through that our, would, uh, actual Jackal hot storage layer. Yeah, that'd be that'd be through the Jackal layer. That Filecoin also encrypts it, but that's a totally separate discussion. Gotcha. Um, when I, I know I just got the the note from Asaf talking about CW one update. Um, when we start, when Secret Network starts to onboard to the, these are just questions that are coming to my brain. As is <laughs> hilarious right now. If anyone has questions, feel free to uh, come up as well. But um, when they upgrade to CW one, does that make anything? Uh, is, is there an ability for us to do any more cool stuff cross chain with that contract on the Secret Network? Yeah, or is that just for um, tokens. You can send all kinds of arbitrary data packets across chain. The issue with that is um, if you open up like a smart contract to interact with Jackal on the secret network through IBC, um, any communication between that smart contract and any IBC communications is public, which is obviously less than desirable if you're concerned about the privacy. But for things like public NFTs that want to just leverage Jackal, it opens up the Jackal storage layer uh, without privacy for chains like Archway and Juno. Interesting, interesting. Um, Aaron, I, I know you had a development last week. I can't remember whether, whether it was uh, something about music or it might have been streaming or video. Uh, what was it? It was something that was really cool that you ended up posting in our Discord. Oh, yeah. So um, it was just kind of a, a brainwave that I had as I was working on items. I realized that like our system doesn't do dynamic data in the sense of like a Twitch stream or something like that, where data is coming in and out at uh, more or less the same pace. The system's not designed for that fundamentally, but something along the lines of say YouTube or uh, uh, Spotify or something like that, where it's static assets that are being served over and over, the system could totally be designed to do something like that. And with um, with the normal storage procedure, that most people are going to be familiar with starting out, you know, the the alpha that we had and now the beta that's being reskinned and such. Uh, when that's actually released, that's going to be more like Dropbox, which, as everyone probably knows, you can't really stream from Dropbox and you won't be able to do that from Jackal Storage. But using the Shepherd Gateway that we've been working on, you will be able to create web pages that connect in the background to these different assets and load them in a manner that allows them to be streamed more or less instantaneously. So it basically allows for a secure privacy programmable YouTube or Spotify or whatever you want to do. That's really fun. We can have Jackal World Star Hip Hop. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> um, 
if anyone has any questions, feel free to uh, raise your hand. We'd love to invite you up. Um, other than that, Emery, what are you excited for? I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was actually going to um, I was actually going to discuss our payment options and our and our swaps a little bit. Um, Barston was really excited to release that one though. Um, so yeah, but just, I guess, talking about it a little bit more, um, as he already mentioned, we are going to be having that swap feature right on our platform so that we can, uh, give those accurate, uh, price readings directly from, um, directly from the chain rather than using an Oracle. And what was interesting about this is that, uh, we didn't, I guess it was difficult to see where this would go and how we'd be able to take payments accurately. So uh, building out this swap feature um, is was a rather novel idea uh, that we had. And we're hoping that um, we can just have this Jackal one-stop shop where you can um, swap for the token of preference in order to pay for the product and then pay for it right then and there. Um, building out this swap feature is uh, happening right now and um seeing how it'll work and making it extremely user friendly is our, is our top priority um I'm, I, I'm sure all of you have been on various uh decentralized exchanges where um swapping and uh finding the liquidity for what you need isn't isn't very intuitive and isn't very easy and we we definitely intend to change that we want to make sure that our user experience uh with something that's relatively novel is is still great otherwise uh we'd probably lose a lot of you and we would want to do that super super important i'm ex really excited i don't know if everyone i know uh I, I guess my uh my personal account isn't here i'll try to figure out if i can find a way to retweet it from jackal but um one of the really cool things about the dashboard is, is how creative we can get with it and all the different things that you're going to be able to do for it. Maybe three years down the line, we're really excited for just integrations and uh, also giving value capture for other projects where you can kind of have a great way to explore the cosmos. Uh, I know Aaron, you were, you were unmuting yourself. What are you thinking, dude? Oh, I just realized my mic was still on from when I was talking. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So if anyone has any other questions, feel free to come on up. Um, one of the really cool things about Jacko that that I, I've been thinking about recently with all the crazy craziness that's going on in the world with the Myanmar military coup and things are like this whole Ukraine situation. Um, we had a really cool chat last week um, with with a, a school that was trying to figure out a secure way to get evidence out of different locations. And uh, the cool thing about that is we started trying to build an evidence tool originally once upon a time. But I, I'm just really happy that this is a great way to have a really high security posture when sharing permissions for data. And uh, Marissa, when we, when we want to change read and write permissions, can we change the custody of the file or how does that work with the different read and write permissions? So, for example, if you buy an NFT off of a marketplace or you're trying to transfer a piece of digital evidence, um, can the smart contract revoke their own permissions to that file or how would that work? Can you like swap? Is there a way that we can figure out to swap um, who's actually for the storage once it's, it's transferred, unless it's a business that wants to maintain paying for it or something along those lines? Yeah. So um, actually behind the scenes, what we have going on is uh, if you transfer ownership to somebody, it basically like unlocks it for both of you for like you know a split second copies everything to the other person's account, deletes it off your account, and then they've got it saved on their account, but it makes sure that all the metadata that went with it is coming over. Um, we have the option to strip all metadata when it comes to that read and write permissions. Um, back to like the default, nobody can read it, nobody can write it except the owner. But we also have the option to make sure that nothing about the file is actually changed except for the owner of that file and then they can do whatever they want with it and they can manually go in and change all those permissions but it's kind of like a two-step process that happens on our back end that the user won't even see uh it just looks like you moved the files owner over and uh the file's still in the same spot on our hot storage layer 
So if the file, nothing about it has changed, but just the metadata on the secret network contract is updated. That's super cool. Super cool. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to, if you have a, a moment of courage, feel free to uh, request. We'll bring you up if you have any specific questions that you're thinking of back in your mind right now. I'm sure other people have those questions as well. Um, yeah, Mar Marty, what's up? Uh, hey, so uh, one of my, uh, when I first looked at the Jackal, like I'm really excited was the DAO and just the short thing you guys have notional. Um, it says, it says that, that it'll it'll start going underway once the Hot Swords Foundation is created. Uh, can like when is is that one is that like once you guys are fully kind of uh, done with the rollout and and got your feet on the ground and then you're gonna yeah. start instituting some of those. So that, that's a really good question that you ask right now because we're actually really digging deep into governance and what we think is good and what we think is is not so good. Um, we're looking at different ideas of how we can have like make governance on chain 1% better because right now in its infancy, it, it's kind of a wild, wild west situation yeah. ourselves in, in right Especially now. Especially in delegated proof of stake, man. It's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense just the way it's, it's programmed. And it's it's for currently like we look at governance as a minimal viable product right now. But how can we make it 1% better or even do experiments? Because we're going to have a lot to learn, obviously, as as we continue down this road, but let's try to see if we can try something. In its infancy, when we launch, from my understanding, Marcy, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but uh, it's gonna be traditional um, proof of state governance, but we're looking to try to figure out if we can build out the governance module a little bit. And we're looking at different ideas, um, take some stuff from projects like Optimism, take some stuff from all kinds of other projects to figure out if we can make an experiment to just figure out, hey, is, does this work? Does it not work? Are you guys was, fucking moving away from tokenized governance a little bit? No, like, not, necess not necessarily. So we were thinking of, of trying to figure out a way, because right now, and this is an idea that we're working on, and this is an open conversation and nothing is set in stone. Of course. Yeah. But we're, we're looking at ideas around trying to create a republic in a sense, and where you have all the proposals would go to, this is just a thought experiment, so no one take my word for this, because this may change on, on a dime. But imagine a situation where uh, all the proposals go through all the token holders and you come up with the proposals and that is great. And then try to figure out if we can have six month term elections for seven or nine individuals that would be odd numbers for voting and try to figure out if we can create maybe, I, I wanna say constitution or, or just like a basic values that we like and have to have a unanimous decision that proposal that is coming through goes for or goes against the constitution and it would have to be unanimous right and just ideas along that where there's some base principles that we are truly truly believe in um we like blockchain immutability <laughs> we also think that it, it's wrong to reverse transactions or uh take people's assets and and kind of the things that make blockchain great compared to the legacy markets that we're used to right and, and we're looking at trying to come up and, and it will probably be a community run initiative to try to figure out hey what are the key principles and maybe one sentence something easy enough for everyone to understand not too complicated at all but what are the three things that we think are really important and and how can we make sure that all the proposals that are go through are not malicious against our core principles as a protocol and it's an experiment it may work it may not work but it's just a thought at this moment and and we're starting to put more thought into governance as we continue to uh, get the project out but in its infancy uh, it's going to be a traditional cosmos chain where you'd be voting through kepler Okay, so like that, like the floating ideas kind of thing. It'd be a little bit maybe like a ENS delegate, or like a, if you're familiar EPNS, where it's kind of like you, uh, they're like called rock stars or or uh, something similar, where they're basically like recognized for their contributions or something they did like onboarded or whatever, uh, and then then they're put up for for vote or uh, and then you could you know delegate your the your ENS uh, voting power to them instead, and they're kind of like those curators no not necessarily we, we still think that it is great to have like community run proposals um but you would still vote and pass a proposal but once the proposal is passed we want to see it kind of go to this this group of seven or nine individuals that are elected by the token holders so it's still token governance but it would be a little bit more of, of a republic it's, it's really just just an idea at this moment yeah but but we're looking at um like just what are the core principles and, and what do we think are, are important things like no one can take away your tokens 
Uh, no one can sense your ability to store, transact. Uh, no one can stop you from trading or storing at any time. Things along those lines, uh, reversing transactions, property rights so that your assets are your assets. It's just ideas like that where we'd say, hey, what if we create this very, very basic charter um, that is is a that is a fail safe for governance when a prop um, sixteen or something. Yeah, well, situations like that where we we think it's we're we're really we're really I particularly I can't speak for the whole team, and this is going to be a conversation moving forward. But if you have any ideas, feel free to. It would be cool to kind of get some ideas floating around in the Discord of how can we try to figure out a way to make this one percent better because when you kind of have rule of the mob. Um, it's often it's really short-sighted, short-sighted in a sense, and it's also kind of you're trying to maximize your bags in the short term rather than the long-term successes of the protocol as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting ideas, all ideas at this moment. But if anyone else from the team wants to speak, I know we all have different opinions, and, and I, I haven't even ran this by any of the guys yet. This is still like really, really early. We just started thinking about this on the weekend. Yeah, and Prop 16 is a great example, but it's not the only example. If it was a one-off, I'd be less concerned. But when we see situations where people are buying votes and saying, I will airdrop only if you vote the way I want you to vote, or situations like with Solana where they, where the development team just unilaterally decided something because they happen to have the most votes or could coerce the most votes, it's just situations like that that really concern us, and, and we don't really want to see that happen so you know that's that's kind of why we've been spitballing internally this republic idea um but at the same time we're we're big fans of decentralization so it's really that that tipping point of of how much power do you concentrate versus how much do you give to the masses because you know people are are inherently going to want to look out for themselves first which makes sense but sometimes looking out for yourself first is going to hurt yourself more in the long run. Just maybe you don't have all the information. Maybe you don't care. It, it doesn't matter, but you know, not everybody's going to have the same motivations and we need a way to balance those motivations between people. So that's kind of the big goal here is, is to just find a way to kind of even out those, those sharp peaks of concern or alarm and make sure that, that nothing uh extreme happens out of fear or out of desire uh you know that's going to impact the long-term survivability of the of the project and it's also when you're creating public goods like this and and you want to incentivize teams to build um it would be a great way and this is all this is all thought experiments by the way everyone (laughs) but um trying to figure out ways that how can we quantify impact to reward that team that is building that impact Right. Rather than kind of, well, like I'm going to ha- I have this idea. I'm going to go to chain. And with this idea, I'm going to chain. I'm going to copy the, the same proposal as the previous proposal of a dev team that was building something completely different. And I'm going to go for the same price. And, and you start to see scope creep and you start to see creep in a lot of different DAOs, how how everything is, is run up when you're building something that may not have equally as much impact compared to the last product uh, product that was probably. So we're, we're trying to figure out ways that how can we make sure that incentives are aligned. Um, we want to build a product that is open for all of us. Um, and we want to figure out how can we figure out a way that impact equals profit. And it, it's, it's going to be a lot. It's, it's a work in progress. This is like really early days. We're in, like, we're in the 90s of, of Web3, if you want to compare yeah, it to the, the dot combo. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's trying to figure out how can we create something where people can make informed decisions and another thing about kind of tokenized governments at the current moment which is is just still a thought experiment everyone so don't don't cancel us yet <laughs> but um the the idea that a lot of people participate in governance but a lot of people default vote yes mm-hmm. right which is an interesting thought and, and trying to figure out how can we get people more involved in the governance process is, is another thing that that we we find really important and there's i know there's really cool ideas with t grade they're i think they just launched on mainnet they're a lot more they're kind of like aimed for as a web 2.5 thing where it's a little bit more centralized but it's really cool ideas where they're they're trying to vote via impact and things along those lines which is which is an interesting thought experiment for sure so kind of like a proof of stake 
but not with your your stake isn't the asset necessarily it's the time you put in for like the maybe uh uh creating uh noticeable uh impact and value to to the ecosystem or, or the dao yeah uh, well, a bit. It's, it's trying to figure out well no i'm talking more about when you want to have a proposal let's figure out okay like you should be rewarded x amount because this was the uh, the projected impact of this protocol that you're building on top of our protocol will have X amount of impact and you should be rewarded X amount compared to that impact. And the other cool thing is that if it has more impact than that, we can actually try to figure out, we can do re retroactive incentivization as well, which is another really interesting idea that Optimism had. But the another, yeah, it, it's it's a really big work, work in progress and it's something that we're gonna have to put a lot of thought into. And we'd love for it to be a community run initiative as well try to figure out different ways that we can try to just make governance 1% better. And if it doesn't work, let's try another experiment because it's early days. And if we don't pivot and if we set everything in stone, um, that's kind of a situation that we kind of find with traditional governance in, in our different countries, right? Where we're all going off of documents that were written back in what, the 1800s because it, we, and we think it still applies today. So how can we evolve with the times and, and make tweaks as we go around? Um, it's it's a really good thought process, but like my levy constitution type of thing. But then you yeah. have to like find consensus among the the community, like more so much more often, I guess, about different things. So that presents a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, well, I, I I think having kind of two houses, because if you look at most governance systems um, in in most democracies in republics across the world, there isn't just one group of people that have a say usually it has to pass in one space and then it goes to hey is this against the law to pass this and if it's against the law we can't pass this it's kind of like having a supreme court almost um, which is community nominated individuals that will have a term for example right i think so that's like, okay. the term yeah yeah so say okay marty wants to propose something that says okay i i want to reverse this transaction not that you would do that but I want to reverse this transaction because I don't like this person, for example. That's a really big generalization, but let's just say that. And then everyone says, yeah, like we don't like this person either. Let's reverse this transaction. And then it would have to go once it's passed, maybe to, to another body of representatives that are already elected initially. And then those individuals say, okay, uh, is this against this base constitution that we have as a protocol? If it is, which are which are number one is like, okay, maybe one of the points on this constitution is no one can take away your tokens. And then it would obviously not pass that. So then it would be batted down. Or if it's unanimously decided that this is important, that this has to occur, and all seven or nine individuals unanimously decide that yes, we are gonna pass this and we're gonna amend the constitution for that. So it'd be an interesting thought experiment, but yeah, so like kind of like the Solana uh, seizure thing that just happened, and then they kind of like got soft checked by the community or crypto Twitter or whatever to backtrack on that. So like in our case, in that situation, it would be not up to crypto Twitter to yell at us first. It would be up to a different house, for uh, so to say, I guess. Yeah, well, it would be it would be really interesting how that would occur, but it, it's also we're all human, right? And it's trying to figure out we're all going to disagree on all kinds of things, but how yeah. can we? make this a smooth process or even have a garbage collection function that, hey, maybe the idea isn't working anymore, so we should remove it from our governance. And it's just, just being, trying to do our best to, we're, we're just trying to make governance better, really, right? And just how can we make this 1% better as we continue down this road of what is DAO governance in Web3? And if it's worse, if we make it worse, like we will be the first people to put our hands up and say, hey, we made this absolutely terrible. Maybe yeah, we should go back. Yeah, at least it's not another ohm fork or something like yeah. yeah. And that's that's the cool thing about building these things is everything's an experiment right now. But if anyone else has ideas, I know um, I'm just, just popped up. What's going on, Em? Hi, how's everyone doing? Hope all. Good, good, good. good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I wanted to, um, so for example, if I have a business that handles or say files, private information or sensitive data, does Jackal uh, provide like building blocks, a Lego box that allows me to quickly build this thing? Or am I actually building a separate, uh, I mean, a DAP on Jackal, the Jackal chain? 
No, you wouldn't have to build it the dot if you just want native storage. I'll let Aaron talk to this a little bit more. But the same way that you would integrate, we're trying to follow the Amazon S3 standard as closely as possible so you can have a similar experience. But Aaron, if you want to chat about that, uh, this would be a good time. Yeah, sure. So as uh, Patrick was kind of saying, then we're looking at having uh, the drop in SDK. I don't know what your uh, development experience may or may not be. Um, but we're looking to make this as user-friendly as possible so that, you know, if you have a technological background, then you can do anything you want with it. But if you aren't super familiar with it and just kind of understand the basics, then it will kind of guide you through those initial connections to make you uh, functional. And you may not be optimized, but you would be you would be operational and able to use it. The additional thing to keep in mind is that we're looking at partnering with various organizations over time to create white label solutions. So even if uh, you do not feel comfortable technically with using the SDK directly, you might be able to con uh, contract with one of those white labels whenever they come to existence to, to create the solution for you. Depending on how you, how big of a sliding scale you want in security, right? So if you want to have a custodial solution where a third party manages that stuff for you, but you still want to have the benefits of having key pairs instead of usernames and passwords and having a higher digital privacy cybersecurity posture, um, you can do that. But depending if you want like maximum security, then you'd have to use Jackal directly and air gap your computer if you want to make sure nothing's ever going to happen to your stuff. But um, it, it depends on how is like what amount of a user experience do you, how good of a user experience compared to how secure do you want to be? And that's always going to be a sliding scale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the basic idea was like, for example, if you're creating a filing system that was uh, super private, um, instead of using, like you said, a third party, um, I guess like you, what you're saying is I'd need to have at least some level of uh, programming and then use your system to actually build it out with our initial design yes um there's also an organization called andromeda something andromeda protocol i think it is um they're building zero code solutions uh, they don't have a storage module yet but i wouldn't be surprised if at some point down the road then we get in talks to do something that's kind of getting to that white labeling we were talking about um so like you know, some sort of solution along those lines may present itself down the road, but starting out, we wouldn't have anything like that. It would definitely require some degree of uh, of programming experience. Okay, great. Thanks. No problem. Um, if anyone has any other questions, feel free to come on up. I see Will down there lurking. I know he's at work right now, so he probably should get back to it. But um, if anyone has oh, any what, questions. Sorry. Oh, One other question was... Oh. Uh, I actually assumed you were an L2 building a secret. Did I change or you've always been your own, you're always going to be your own chain? It did change. And it changed for a number of different reasons. Um, number one is, is it's a lot better and it's a lot more efficient to have our own chains because we can build things directly into the chain module. But Marcin can speak to it best why we made these decisions from a development perspective. Yeah, so um, as far as our workflow goes um it just made sense for us to merge into our own chain so the main reason was the secret network where we were calling our home and not branching out was um only on the older version of cosmosm which didn't support ibc transfers so um obviously now we're getting word that cosmosm one is coming and we would be able to move stuff at the time. We weren't given a very direct timeline. And so that made us need, well, feel the need that we needed to get our token across multiple chains, get it onto osmosis and the like. And so step one was making our own chain. So we had a native token on a blockchain. Um, our original idea was just to build that chain to handle payment and like that was it. Uh, we ended up moving into a system where it made more sense for our miners to also hook into this chain to be incentivized. So every transaction that they do, they also record on this chain. None of your information is put through this chain, but the miners themselves are letting the chain know that there is stuff being saved and then they can be rewarded directly on our own chain with our native token which makes it easier so we don't have to do any bridge work, which opens up cybersecurity vulnerabilities. 
um, as well as we can move into uh, much more streamlined payment gateways. So before, uh, we probably would have been relying on something like SecretSwap or now Hydro to handle a lot of our payments. Um, we can still use those cross-chain, but this way it gives us a little bit more sovereignty over um, gas fees and uh, making sure that our payments are next to gas free, uh, as well as our miners are not eating the cost of the secret network gas. And uh, finally, it bootstraps a lot of our pro our processes. So things like our governance. Um, initially, we were going to build our tool to handle our governance and make that a smart contract on the secret network. But with the Cosmos SDK, governance is built in, and we can obviously have some sliders now. We're looking into different models, but initially it gave us just that much more time on our hands where we're focusing on building things that aren't already done for us and we can bootstrap into the Cosmos SDK. Other okay. things additionally include uh, things like if, if we wanted to have chain modules for efficiency of possibly like RNS into a chain module where you'd be airdropped your names back, things along those lines. Also not having to leverage oracles where we're talking about having a swap as a chain module as well. What we do do is we do leverage a secret network for the metadata in your file trees. So you would still need secret forecast there. And the reason for that is, is it's the only blockchain with programmable privacy in metadata. And that's the big, that's the big uh, shebang when it comes to making this whole system work. So we still have value capture for the secret network, but we also wanted to be self-reliant. And when you're trying to build a, a protocol that's this intense, we kind of want to hop, hop back and forth between outs. It's kind of, you can think about it this way. It's you're starting a business. What do you want to do in-house and what do you want to outsource? Right now, we obviously don't have money to get a bunch of cryptography nerds in a room and figure out like, how are you going to build a new encryption method? That's really expensive. So what we'd rather do is we'd rather leverage the secret network blockchain for what it's good for and have our storage contract on the secret network. But what we can, uh, can be done in-house and self-reliant on is having our native payments, um, figuring out all the node integrations um, between our validators and our uh, storage providers, um, having payment on ramps and things along those lines. So we wanted to have that done in-house because that was something we were comfortable building, particularly, if that makes any sense. Okay, and uh, with the uh, new wallets, mobile wallets coming online, uh, do you foresee yourselves actually integrating with them so that people who are storing information on Jekyll have mobile access to them? Yeah, we've also been uh, going back and forth on uh, building out our own sort of like mobile app potentially or uh, building out a better system to integrate into those mobile wallets um, because we do think that like having something like google photos or your icloud storing all your photos could be a really cool way to integrate jackal into a mobile setting um, that obviously is going to come later we're focusing more on our um, business and uh, web-based clients, but uh, definitely in the future, we're, we're really looking forward to all of the mobile applications that cloud storage opens up and bringing those auto backups and cloud storage across multiple devices um, to mobile will be definitely on our priority list. Absolutely, and additionally, just being able to be, have our addressable market as everyone in the world with a mobile phone, that's really important to us from a business development perspective as well. That sounds great. And the one last question was that I know people say don't save your seed phrase on a on a file. With with Jackal, I'm assuming if I did save my seed phrase on a file, I'm pretty safe. I don't have to actually worry about my seed phrase getting um, you know, stolen or whatever. Yeah. So in the early days, I wouldn't recommend doing that because we're still this is still an experiment, right? As as we we truly believe we're building the most secure and from a cybersecurity posture, the most secure cybersecurity posture possible uh, when it comes to storing data because you only the end user with their private key can access that. Um, in its early days, I wouldn't do it, but hopefully we can get to a place where we can do that. But you also have to remember um, possibly having malware on your computer with keyloggers, things along those lines where we, we, we can't 
predict what's on your own device. So it, it may, it's always going to be safest to have your private key written down and, and jammed in the safety deposit box at a bank maybe. But yeah, in Jackal, the, the files that you do save on Jackal eventually have to make their way to the computer to view them. So the reason that you don't want it on a file is in case somebody is like scanning all the files and we obviously have to save that file when we get to it. So when, we, when you download a file from Jackal to view it, it does get saved, like cached on your computer. And it's at that point where, where an attacker could grab it or if you're viewing that file and somebody's screen recording you without you knowing, they can still see that stuff. So we, we always recommend that you store your private keys not on your computer at all. But if you're going to store your private keys on your computer, you're better off storing them on Jackal. Another thing on top of that is uh, a cool thing that we were thinking about, and this was a thought, a little thought experiment we had a few weeks ago, where you can have like a, like let's call it like a dead man trigger, essentially where you could have, it would be really interesting to have like a file on your Jackal account that automatically gets pushed to a, uh, an email of, of someone in your family, possibly in the event that you don't renew the contract or you don't, uh, continue that for reasons where you, they would receive a file that would have instructions on how to find the private key or what to do with the private key. That would be really interesting for uh, kind of um, as, as a fail safe for your crypto in your life <laughs> in, in that sense, or even folders of photos, family photos, things like those. If, if something ever happened to you, it'd be a really great idea to have a way for all your digital stuff on Jackal to live in perpetuity through your family. Yeah, that's a very good idea because yeah, if if you yeah, if you're gone, there's then there's definitely no way to access it, right? Yeah, no, but unless they have access to your computer with with your wallet and your seed phrase on it, then yes, they're locked out. Yeah, but we could figure out a way that we could possibly integrate with an email client and email instructions to them or something like that um, in the event that something happens. It's it's one of those things, at least for me, where I would feel comfortable putting my seed phrase in Jackal, but I would not recommend someone else to just because, you know, everybody has to make that decision for themselves. Not financial advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, if anyone else has any questions, feel free to hop on up. Um, we're, we're running over the hour right now. If anyone has any last minute questions, we got everyone has to get back to work soon here. But when uh, is the airdrop? Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, early August. Um, early and that, August. Right. yeah, and, and that will be just purely because of, of the, the extra development time that we didn't foresee in the early days uh, relating to the building of the chain, building of pay gateways, like things like that. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, the second the chain goes live, we're building it into our genesis that uh, people who claim the airdrop will receive their airdrop. It's it, it's being built into chain law, so you will get your airdrop the second the chain goes live, kind of thing. Yeah, I was just more being facetious, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, if, if anyone else has any questions, we're going to shut her down. Going once. Going twice, then three times. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming. We're going to be doing this every week. So uh, next week, we, we usually alternate between in Discord and on Twitter. So uh, let us know what your thought process is there. Go to our Discord to figure out when the next AMA is. It's pretty much every Monday. Um, I'm in Eastern time, so it would be at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. I don't know what that is in UTC, but that is what it is. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming. Um, hopefully, we'll see you next week as well. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Jackal AMA and Dev Discussion, recorded on Monday, June 27th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, mother. Fucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic Pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday And I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing Left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception The base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalty These sums of money
pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund them. Pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true in the dark, eating bullshit up like a mushroom in the lunchroom, just trying to laugh it off. Meanwhile, foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog, like a fake mate and called at the zoo. It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too. I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it. It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music. Spaces.